Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 154. I'm Sean. Joined with me, we have Off-Road Exile Andy. I'm here in the corner, but I'm still here. It's not It's not an exile. I did this to myself. Yeah, you exiled yourself. Okay, yeah, you can exile yourself. Okay. Yeah. All right, we got Tony Katz. <laughs> yes, we do. Unexiled. Unexiled. And also on Exile, Cooch. Yes, good to be back. There he is. Yeah. all part of the crew, and I'm here. In the corner, yeah. stoop kid actually stays on his stoop. just realized I'm in a different chair than normal. <laughs> Do you want to switch chairs? Am I no, in your no, normal I'm, chair? I'm actually, You're literally in the well, I don't chair. Well, I don't want there I'm to be any bad juju going no, on here. I think here. my chair is, I never knew I could bring this chair down then. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, boy. they go up and down. That's a game changer. It's not a man. different chair. You just learned things. Yeah, I did. Wow. Those are made for like Boban and for Muggsy Boats. Yeah. Peter yeah. Dinklage. It's even I want even smaller. Yeah. Are you calling Anthony a little person? No, it's no, not, no, anything, as big as Bobon. And anything in between. Yeah. That's what it, okay, yeah. got it. I, I am so. definitely between Peter Dinklage and Bobon. You are Dinklage. somewhere on that scale. People could, listening, I, we're of course talking about the chair that Tony is sitting in in the uh, studio here that raises and Absol- lowers. And absolutely nothing to do with sports. Yeah. But we are entertaining it is. Can that was actually a combination pod. of sports entertainment because it was a sports member and yeah. an entertainment member. Which, by the right, way, guys, correct. we do have an entertainment podcast that you should uh, navigate to next. Also, hit that subscri- subscribe button and share with a friend. But yes, this is the inter- or, wow, look at me. This is the sports podcast. I have been off of this uh, pod for a few weeks. Well, we're happy to have you back. Thank you. Don't mess it up again though, because we went on a groove here, and oh. now you're back, and so I don't want to interrupt. The I- I'd like to take over for about the chairs because I think it's. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. I was in the process of building a chair before I came over here. Why? I thought I would finish. Were well, you going to bring that over? No, for myself or for my own. A wooden. Are you like Mel Gibson in The Patriot? So, I mean, as you may have remembered, I've had some problems sitting over the last few months. A little bit of pain. Oh, I'm yeah. Sitting on that donut. So, uh, I went and bought a new desk chair, and you had to assemble it. So, son of a bitch. Yep. You probably could have sprang for the extra like fifty to have him assemble it, but. The chair was. I don't, know. I don't know how that works. Does like the guy from Amazon come in your house? And oh, do that? it was Amazon. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, You're I've never done that there. either. Yeah. I'm they a- always put that option on there. Like I, 50 bucks. I think then that gets delivered by like a specific person well, who can see, do it, or yeah. they just come to your house now, after it's already delivered. Now buying a chair from Amazon—that's a risk. Oh, I know. I'm a big go to Office Depot, sitting about sixty chairs type of guy. Sixty chairs? Maybe, you know, they got sixty, seventy Do they in there. Really have that so many I, chairs? I, well, I'll sit in. You're 50, sitting in the I'll chairs sit, in the break room. I'll too. sit in fifty or sixty, and then I'll narrow it down to maybe my top five. So, getting a new chair takes well, you about three weeks. It does. And here's what I do: <laughs> I I have a, several experiments that I conduct. I want to make sure that I test the structural integrity of the chair. Because if I'm sitting in it, I need to make sure that it's holding me together here. You want to have some good lumbar support, but you also want to be comfortable enough to sit for you know hours at a time. So it's a long process. When you're ordering offline without sit online without sitting in it, that's a like that's a, a crapshoot, man. That's a crapshoot. Yeah. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to set up a, a kind of like a bachelor scenario where we follow you. Shit, I'm in. <laughs> and sixty lucky chairs. I have Who's to say, who's gonna get that rose? Below beds, chairs are my second favorite uh, piece of furniture, so yeah. I could definitely do it. Yeah, you I know, would definitely be into you spend it. Spend a shit ton of a shit ton of time on a chair. I do. I it's my true. chair and my your car and your bed. And my a couch. chair in my office, I spend most of my time in in more than anywhere, and it is it's a nice chair. 
But took me a while to get it. I mean, you're loyal to that chair, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, should Cheers. we talk some sports? Well, also, yeah, we never introduced Cooch because we got so. Yes, we he did. did introduce. Oh, me. we did. Wow. Yeah. I'm here. I. I'm here. I was still so focused on the chair. I got to say, chairman, fault. now not great, but you know, I wouldn't have chosen we, it. The three of us in the same. Yeah. Pretty All much. Us, Pretty and then much. Andy's in his weird little. Well, I think someone, chair. yeah, folder it, chair. Someone made this chair in 1989, like <laughs> yeah. in their garage. That's it's, probably correct. Yeah, I don't know what this is. Uh, it was, it was, and it was a uh, set with that nightstand you got there next to you too. Yeah, yeah th- those all look like they were built. One yeah, day we'll film this thing, and then it'll be much easier to understand what we're talking about now. How about we'll, we'll yeah, we'll we figure go that live out. every now and then on Instagram. Maybe we will tonight. Okay. Or maybe we won't. Yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this now, it's not like we're live anymore. <laughs> but uh, uh, Tony's dot take for Instagram, uh, we have all sorts of fun stuff there. We were uh, just covering the uh, PGA uh, tournament over there in Palm Springs. American we were Express, at the Clipper PGA game West. the other day. Um, you know, sports stuff everywhere. Sports. We're big sports guys. We're there. This is the sports pod. Speaking of sports, should we just talk? Uh, we got 40 seconds. Let's talk about McGregor. Uh, he won. Yeah. Knockout. Quickly. Shoulder punches. Quickly. No, it was, I mean, starting from the beginning, underwhelming card altogether. This was kind of thrown together last minute by Dana White. Um, I think the fight was only announced in December, mm-hmm. and it happened mid-January. So it was kind of a last-minute card. Um, there was no title fights in it. Uh, the co-main event was Holly Holm. And Raquel Pennington, I believe, is her name, which was extremely boring. It's like watching paint dry with those two fighting. So yeah, the the two or three fights before that, those two women was kind of an exciting one. That was a bloodbath. You know that she tore her ACL. Oh the girl my. that lost tore, completely wow. tore her ACL. Oh, she was hobbling at the end. She tore her ACL completely. Damn, that sucks. But that, that was a fight. If I mean, you watched, was that was a great fight. Um you don't see the chicks bleeding as much. No, you don't. Um, just because I think pure size and mass just is harder to cut them because mm-hmm. they're so much smaller than the guys. But they put on some good fights. Um, I've always said those lower like ranked fighters, they they're going for more because they're not at the top yet. You know, they want to get yeah. to the top. So yeah. they just oh yeah, they're off. Those, they have those more those to fights, prove. Those fights are always bloody, man. Yeah, I remember it was about a year ago. Uh, we weren't in this house watching a fight. And it was McGregor when he lost, you know, the last fight. Khabib. Yeah, it had it's to, almost I, exactly I'm, a year ago. Yeah, okay, so yeah, it was that. It was fight. in January, and there I was believe. this dude with these huge old ears, cauliflower ears. Yeah, yeah, and both of them were just covered in blood, and they were like looking at it and laughing. I was like, "This is fucking awesome." Yeah. It's also disgusting. Yeah, I believe they called that fight on account of the blood that was on his head. I'm not sure if it's the exact one we're talking about. Probably um, was, but there's, I mean, there's, there. You can look at an old video; it's absolutely disgusting. Guy took a, uh, I believe it was a head kick to the ear, mm. exploded his cauliflower ear, and his ear was just kind of hanging by a thread. Woof. I've seen, um, I've seen an extraction in person, mm. and they literally the nurse will, you know, stick a, a needle in and you pull the the grossness yeah. out. It's not easy, and it just never goes away. You never really can get it going away. I was watching a podcast today, Fighter and the Kid. And Brendan Schaub still has, you know, hasn't fought in years, and he still has the cauliflower ear. Yeah, that's oh, almost yeah. like that's how those fighters are known. They wear it proudly. It's like hockey players that have teeth missing. Yep. They just wear it proudly. Yep. But it was a, I mean, I guess happy for McGregor. I mean, he hadn't fought since he lost uh, to Khabib or whatever, but uh, 
he he had he was he had some quotes that was talking more about how he has focused more on his body. He had a quote about how LeBron James spends he, over a million dollars a year on his body. Him heavily on with in, nutrients, with and he was saying how like he would spend that like if he had a million dollars instead of spending it on like health stuff, he's spending it on watches and cars. And he said he was going about it wrong. And he also had mentioned how he hadn't drank in like four months or so. Even so he's endorsing yeah. a whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people don't like that whiskey, you know. Including yeah, men, you know, so. I I. I've had it a couple times, and so I, I don't I don't think I've drank it enough to get my full blown. Or let me just rephrase that: I don't think I've drank in it in the right state of mind to give my best critique of the whiskey. Uh-huh. Uh, but I will say this: if you look now, most bars carry it. Really? He's oh he's he's making millions and billions off of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really big now. Any most stores got it. Even if you go into a Ralph's. And you go in the whiskey section, they got proper 12. I think I had a sip of it. Uh, it's not bad. Our affiliate podcast, Wheel Talks, brought it in. Yeah. It's, it's not it's bad. It's one of those things where you know another whiskey person makes it, and then they just put it Well, of the course. Oh, it, yeah. No, it, it's, he, he bought like, or he it's 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 made in like the oldest whiskey distillery or whatever they call it in Ireland. Yeah. Hmm. So he's supposed to be doing it the right way. He plugged the shit out of it. It was on. It's. I don't know if you saw, but it was on the mat. He had advertisement proper twelve on the mat. Yeah. He had a proper twelve on the fence. I'll bet you Dana White has some sort of minority stake in proper twelve. Yeah. Paying himself, which Dana White is one of my heroes, so I <laughs> uh, can't get mad at that guy for that. But he is. You know what? There's nothing like it in sports. There's a few things that that hold up to Conor McGregor when he comes out and that Irish music is playing at the beginning oh, yeah. and the strobe lights are going off and then it goes into Notorious. I liken that to like, I don't know if you guys were, were wrestling fans, but when the glass shattered and Stone Cold Steve Austin would come out in like a WWE Raw or a SmackDown or something like that and you just go, you know, you go crazy. I liken it to that, but it's pretty damn electric when they start playing that Irish folk music and you know he's coming out to to, to, yeah. to let it fly. It's always good when you get a certain type of melody that uh, you know that certain player's coming. I, one of my favorites was always in baseball when uh, the Padres would bring in Trevor Hoffman. They always played Hell's Bells. Yeah. So you would hear those bells at the beginning of that song and you knew it was like, oh your, shit, here he comes. Your Steelers have a good one too. What do they play? Don't they play a song in like the third quarter or like uh, the transition between the third and fourth quarter that gets the crowd pretty riled up? I'm not sure. I mean, I've never. There, it's a thing. It's a thing. I just can't think of the song right now. It's. I it's, think it was Renegade, but it is Renegade. 100 Renegade. So, that was the whole story where the Chargers played it. They played like three seconds of it because it was at the Chargers' home game, and then stopped it. But then the crowd kept singing it. That's like, right. They tried to like get them, and they're like, "No, you just played yourself. You played yourself. So, <laughs> played bad. yourself, kid." But there was a fight. Uh, and it was con- the notorious Conor McGregor versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Um, 40 seconds long. Yeah. So familiar territory for me. Um, <laughs> and uh, so me and Conor have a lot in common. But it was very unorthodox. He came out and hit him with an unintentional knee right off the bat that wobbled him. Yeah, because he went for the he, punch well, and he ducked it and he got him. Because Conor came out fire and came out immediately. Which people said he would. I mean, that was like yeah. the whole thing was... His style has come out quick, while the well, cowboy once, style was kind of once like you get cowboy past the, once you get cowboy past the second round, he's he's nails. Yeah. Cardio's on point, and he just he breaks people he breaks yeah. people's will. And uh, so Connor won the way that he needed to win. Yeah, I've never seen anybody throw shoulders like that before. Me that was impressive. Um, it was extremely impressive. Um, I I wonder if it was 
that I know it was a strategy, but I wonder if the strategy was get him in a clinch, throw shoulders immediately. Because he definitely broke his nose with one of those shoulders. I'm sure, yeah. And uh, he talked about in the post-fight, you know, changing levels and ducking with the shoulders. Never seen anything like that in my life. And extremely impressive. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I was kind of shocked because at first you're like, oh, he's getting him. And then he kicks him and you're like, oh. But then when he went down and those punches started coming like down from over top, I was like, oh, my God, it's over, isn't it? And then sure yeah. enough, it was. And you could tell like the ref... Waited as long as he could because no Herb Dean did then, a phenomenal and then it, job it did get to waiting. The point where he was like, "All right, that's yeah, enough." Because I honestly I, thought he was going to blow it like five punches earlier, and I was like, "Fuck, it's over." But then it was like, "Okay, maybe it's not." And then it was like, "Okay, no, now it is." Yeah. Well, it'll see, it'll be the. This was just kind of a stepping stone fight for Connor. I mean, Donald is a legend. Yeah, Cowboy's a legend. Yeah, he was. So a, he deserved the fight, but in reality. This is just to get him to the next fight. Yeah. Which uh, ultimately, if if what I think will happen is he'll probably go for the BMF, the bad motherfucker belt against George Masvidal. George Masvidal, Jorge Masvidal, excuse me, uh, beat Nate Diaz for the bad motherfucker belt. It's not a title or anything like that. Nate Diaz and Connor are known rivals. And oh, yeah, so, he was talking shit on Yahoo, I saw. Yeah, I'm sure. And... Um, Nate was talking shit you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Nate was talking shit that it was a bitch move for him to take that fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what will probably happen is uh, Connor will probably get George Masvidal soon. Who was also in attendance that night, I believe. So here's the one thing that I, that I want to bring up about the UFC. And, it, and I kind of like it and I kind of don't. It's going towards the WWE wrestling thing. These guys have their personas now. You know, it's all about the pageantry, the shit talking. You have the birds of war out there. Right. And so George Masvidal, you know, if you don't know anything about him, back in the day, he used to fight in Kimbo Slice's backyard. He's a straight street fighter from Miami. And now he's adopting that kind of Miami Tony Montana style Mm -hmm. where he wears the Tony Montana suits. He was wearing a fucking Versace robe. Huh. And carrying around a bottle of tequila at the fight. And so the, the sport is going <laughs> towards that type of entertainment factor. I'm okay with it as long as the fighting stays real. Yeah. But if you start paying attention to UFC, you could see it's wildly different now than it was then. It's all about the entertainment factor, which I think is intelligent on Dana White and the UFC's behalf. Oh, yeah. It's going to make way more money that it way. It is. But so, I, I, someone like myself, I'm going to be out. Baseball should yeah, start doing that. Like, a lot of people. I agree. He's got a robe on and puts it off, and then like like gets what a fake fight with the umpire and <laughs> like what's his name from uh, what did we watch the other the other week the movie that we watched oh, rookie, rookie of the, of the year, year when he goes up and he like twists the bat and like makes sawdust out of the bat <laughs> that would be funny. I mean, but, for me, I prefer boxing just because I don't need to see a guy die. <laughs> oh, I want to see him fucking. But die. at the same time, boxing sucks. And oh, I yeah. blame Mayweather because he is great, but I don't need well, the amazing, yeah. you know, uh, structure and just how um, like how defensive he is. I want to see just guys bust the shit out of each other, but yeah. with their hands. I don't need scissor kicks and you know <laughs> a, a broken jaw and an eye socket that's gouging out of their skull, <laughs> or a guy getting choked unconscious yeah. with yeah. someone's legs. Yeah, I get it. They're I like- mean, it's. Call for, me old for, fashioned. For a pure bo- from a pure boxing standpoint, I'm sure people like to watch me. Whether if you box and the technical yeah, side yeah, of it I'm is sure important he's to you, phenomenal to watch. But it, uh, I don't need but that. yeah, for me, it's boring as shit when yeah, you got a guy like that throwing little ducks, birdie punches dives and, and weaves. Yeah, but you know, it's the next coming up in the UFC. It's probably going to be Conor Masvidal. And although it's tough to ever bet against Conor, I think Masvidal is just bigger and stronger, and it's going to be tough to beat him. 
And then if he gets past that fight, Connor will get the winner of the Khabib uh, Tony Ferguson fight, which is going to be a real tough matchup for Khabib because um, Tony will cut you. Tony has some razor sharp elbows, and he's a maniac too. He yeah, will not go down. Up. Yes, he is. Tony, to Tony Ferguson, that's he's he's a local guy too. He trains out of Huntington Beach. No Tony's the type of guy you might see at a bar and be like, "Man," and then he just beats your ass for being a douchebag. You know, like I think about that a lot. Being a bigger guy, like no, I'm trying to if remember I, if I'm out at the bar, like, and I get into it with somebody. You never know if those little guys. Are fighters and they'll just so jump up and slock you in the face and knock you. It's out. funny you say that because I don't remember the name, but there was a UFC guy like I think like kind of like, no, not like a popular popular one. Maybe if you were really big into the sport, you would know his name. But he was at the our local bar down the street here. Oh yeah, he was at the post one night and what did he look like? I don't remember. This was a while ago, but all I know is that he's a man. My point is is that he was one guy there was after a few drinks started messing with him and he ended up getting dropped. <laughs> See, I, that scares the shit out of me. And they have it on camera that I remember watching the video, and it was just like, "What just happened?" And it Imagine was like literally that. like dropped. Imagine being us of a stature, and you you like start picking on this little guy, and then he just drops you because he's a fighter. I and that was the thing too. He wasn't scary. like the biggest guy, but then you have Conair on your hands. You're going to be in the plane that's getting hijacked by, you know, Malkovich. That's true. That can happen as well. Kill a guy. Defending your wife's honor. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He was. He should have known better. He was a dangerous person. It doesn't matter the self-defense. Yeah, that Poe. No. Yeah. <laughs> that Poe. But, well. so, all right. McGregor won a fight. Fine a fucking league. Do you think he loses the next fight? Do you think if he loses the next fight, we still give a shit about this guy? Uh, if this yeah. fight, if he lost his last fight, well, so I wanted us to all just Dana, lose him from Dana ever. White has already set him up to fight Khabib. Dana said so that's how is that what what was the status of him like not being allowed back in the country that kind of stuff? Uh, it's not about the country; it's about They're the fight in Prague, the gaming commission, gaming order, commissions. Yeah. yeah, so that whole fight happened in Las Vegas. So yeah. the gaming commission. Uh, I had a buddy that was at that fight. Two buddies that were at that Jesus. fight. Actually, it was insane. Wow. Uh, the gaming commission gave him a ban of a certain amount of time, but I think it's up because okay. Connor okay. just fought in Vegas. Uh, the Ferguson Khabib fight is in Brooklyn. Uh, this um, uh, this coming fight, I think it's in April. So if well, if Connor fought in Vegas already, I got to imagine the ban on Khabib is also lifted. But Khabib is the one that hopped out of the octagon. Yeah, I thought, I thought his ban was longer. I think Khabib did get a slightly longer. It band may have been, I but I can't imagine it being too crazy much crazy longer. But it doesn't really matter. You go to New York. You know, you fight in California. You, there's there's ways around it. Mm-hmm. Every uh, athletic commission is different. There's different rules, but ultimately, there's there um, there's different separate entities. So while one applies in Vegas, the other may not apply in New York. So that's how that works. Conor McGregor shouldn't be allowed in New York because that's where he. It's where he threw the the the, the thing through the bus and. Yeah, so you know so what? They'll, they'll have to fight in like Fargo. Yeah, so guys Fargo, North Carolina. God they can damn. fight. Yeah, why don't you come on down here and fight the at the Honda Center? We'll uh, we'll 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 show up for that one. Fight in Catalina Island. Well, that's true. To the death. Yeah. Loser never comes back. Okay, I'm into that. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good fight. I, I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, but there's a lot of like cool what ifs. As, as a fight fan, you just wait for the announcement. You know. You're like, who the hell is Connor fighting next? And like I mentioned, the fact that he didn't even really get touched in that fight 
means he can fight on much shorter note on much yeah. shorter turnaround. Because he really, I yeah. mean, forty seconds, he didn't even get take a punch. Well, he, All, said, he said he's going to fight before the end of the summer. Before the end of the summer. And the yeah. other thing is too is like if he really is, I mean, it works so for him. So the whole fact of like if he is. Uh, like you know that he has taken more care of his body and more serious about it. And if he just continues to do that, I mean, maybe that was—I mean—that could have been something that was yeah well, fatiguing they, him a little bit. Didn't he have Tony Robbins out there with he him? He did. Too? He hugged him. Oh, he was the God. first so, person uh, he hugged. I mean, he's well, really. Would he be in? God damn. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tony, Seriously, he, uh, I'm Connor is now uh, really into speaking things into existence. That's like his whole thing now, and so that's why him and Tony are are BFFs. Tony was in there with his wife and like his trainers and shit. God damn. Yeah, he's everywhere. It sounds uh, to me like this kid's growing up. I have no idea how no, old so, McGregor so is. No, so that's your 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 analysis is spot on. He is supposed to be growing up. That is what he said. Now, he hasn't really proven it yet. Um I mean this fight he did handle himself well, I will say. Don't take any but he also head. respects Donald's Cowboy. He respects Cowboy. So it wasn't like a Maz of it all or like a Khabib fight. Or a Nate Diaz fight where they just don't fucking like each other. He's got respect for Donald. So it did not really give him the opportunity. Because he knows as a fight fan, like, if, if he would have went after Donald, who's, like, the most pure, like, respected fighter in the game, then you're done forever. You can't go after a guy like that. So we'll see when he gets one of those other personalities yeah, if he's just back, back to being a little pit bull. Being, yeah, being a little being a little pit bull exactly. We'll see, but that's what he's supposed to be. His big thing is I've changed. You know, he's a family man now. He wakes up, plays with his kids on his farm in Ireland. You know, um, and 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 he's got his 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 uh, you know whiskey company that he's trying to grow. So we'll see. But good fight, uh, terrible card. All ended in somewhat anticlimactically, although he he obliterated Cowboy. But I bet you what happened. I if it was, it was my guess, I think Habib fights Tony Ferguson in April, and so I bet you in uh, May Connor will fight George Masvidal, and then the winners will fight each other. Nice. Well, I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah, that'll be your fast. And if it happens, so remember to give me credit. You bet. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, should we move on to some uh, basketball talk? Let's do it. Yes, we've yeah, got it's, some. It's been a while. Um, you know, we've been covering a lot of football with the playoffs and everything. So uh, we got to talk a bit about stuff that happened since then. Um, the Bucks haven't uh, gotten, any, gotten any worse. They're still on a 70-win pace. Uh, they're really damn. Right now, they're playing like one of the all-time great teams. And, I mean, I didn't see this coming. Yeah, I thought they would be a little bit worse than last year. They lost Brogdon, but they just they're just on a whole whole other level from everyone else right now. It seems like. Yeah, and what's kind of crazy too is it looks like the the Greek freak's not slowing down. If anything, he's just getting better. Yeah, he's got he's developed a decent three point shot. It seemed like the Raptors kind of exposed a weakness with them last year, where like, okay, he can't, he still can't shoot from the outside, and those other guys are just not going to step up. So I don't know if that's really the case again this year, but like, cause they're, it's not like Middleton and Bledsoe, those guys are like killing it, but the whole team as a whole, the team defense just, yeah. And they amazing. have, they have good depth. And they uh, do like Vincenzo, that's been big for having like him. He didn't do anything last year. He was hurt most of the year. So yeah, I don't know if they just look to me right now. They look unstoppable. Like was I last year, his first year out of Villanova. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's essentially playing his rookie year right yeah. now. 
But uh, the other thing too with like, I, I, and I've been saying this to people, I truly think the champion is going to be one of three teams: the Bucks, Lakers, or Clippers. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing so is going to Vegas. So does yeah, exactly. Right yeah. But the, my where I'm going with that though is that trade deadline's coming up here soon, and I think it's going to be whoever of those three teams makes the best move is going to have the slight. I don't advantage. know if the Bucks have a move to make. Honestly. Yeah, and maybe they won't. I'm just saying. Yeah. But, but I think Lakers, I feel like, are going to make a move. There's big rumors with Derrick Rose, maybe. I saw I that. I love that. And, well, but, this, here's my, but the Sixers are also in that rumor mill, too. And if the Sixers make a solid move, I mean, they're, they're going to be right there, be, too. They're, they're a move away and from the being Sixers, big when they played the Bucks, also. and I know it was at home. So, obviously, at home, things are a little better. It was on Christmas Day, also. So, I know I've heard players say Christmas Day kind of throws things off. Yeah. But they did shut down Giannis that day. And we've, we talked about it, the, our NBA preview. The Bucks are such a lengthy team. That if there is a team that could give him trouble, maybe it is the Sixers because of their yeah. length with Simmons, Hortford, Embiid. Well, there's there's some moves that I'm I'm interested in, in getting your guys' thoughts on that not necessarily moves, but pickups. Is you got those three older guys, yeah, Igadala, Darren Collison, Jamal Crawford, mm-hmm. that are kind of out there, not playing ball right now. That are that I mean, if they're not on a team by the end of the year, that's a tragedy. Oh, well. So, but who gets who though, right? Like, I know that uh, who uh, Memphis kind of has Iguodala's rights right now, if so I'm correct. They have right? no reason. They're saying they're not going to cut him. They want someone to trade for him, right? But they're not just going to give it up for a Cracker Jack box. They're in the eighth seed. I they, was going to say yeah. Iguodala. Go. If I was Iguodala, I'm surprised he's not wanting to get out there and groove with that team. I mean, Morant looks phenomenal. He's gonna. I don't even care. Yeah. What, we'll get into Zion in a minute. But I don't even care what Zion comes in and does. No, Tom it doesn't Moran matter. Yeah, he will be. I mean, not the MVP, the Rookie of the Year. I'm sorry, he but will. he is. And honestly, if Zion was playing all year, I don't. I I still think it would have been hard to take it away from him. I mean, Zion would have really had to play like his expect expectations were. But Morant looks good, and he's confident too. Like you know, he had the a clip of him the other day when he shot a three over James Harden, who just kind of like Loved dared it. him to shoot it. He runs back and he says, "You know, someone tell that motherfucker about me." <laughs> and then he like should. He's, he's that, letting people know. That kid's know. got bounce, man. That kid's he got does. more bounce than I. For for a guy of his size, and he's gonna put some weight on. And he's too. lengthy, yeah. He will put some weight on, and so I'm interested to see where those three guys end up. Um, I I have a feeling it'll be with the Clippers, the Lakers, and one other contender. You know, the Clippers are gonna get one. The Lakers are going to get one, and then I can see like a team like the Heat or um, maybe another Toronto contender or like like maybe Toronto or maybe even Dallas uh, yeah. picking up a picking up a, a vet Tor- like that. Toronto needs someone, in my opinion, if they're going to yeah. do anything. Because I mean, it hurt them obviously losing Leonard. And I mean, Siakam's good and whatnot, but he's not the guy to like that you can go to for the last shot at the end of a game. He's always think. evolving, but yeah, no, he's still not that super superstar yet. Yeah, and uh, well, despite what happened uh, last night, the Lakers Ridiculous. have still been outstanding. <laughs> they're just they're just consistent. They don't lose to bad teams. Nope. They, yeah, they uh, have, they've done well in games. Davis hasn't played. Last, it's been really impressive. Last Wednesday was their first loss to a sub five hundred team when they lost at home to Orlando. Orlando. Which Orlando is solid and probably they, won't finish under five hundred. No, I don't. I don't think so no. either. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is they've they, got, yeah, they, they lost got to players a, a five hundred team, but what was Orlando three or four games under five hundred at that yeah, time? And I think by the end of the, by the end of the season they'll be above because they've been playing better, and Fultz has been really good for them. Felt, Fultz had a great triple-double so. against the Lakers, I believe. Aaron yeah. Gordon was throwing down oh. moonshot th- uh, slam dunks. Yeah, there was one where he did float. I mean, it was like verified later that he did actually mm-hmm. float and yep. get somehow step yeah. up higher. 
Yeah, it's almost yeah. The physics I mean, was, didn't make sense in it that was scenario. Insane when I saw that, dunk. I think last night was the first time Kemba Walker beat LeBron in his career. Yeah, it was twenty eight games. Twenty eight games. Crazy. And uh, <laughs> it's funny. I Jason Tatum should be a Laker in my opinion. So it's it, I I was watching that game kind of a little then bit he bitter. Be a Pelican, right? Uh, I By guess, or yeah. things would be a lot different. Yeah. Or things would be a lot different, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Kuzma would have gone instead of him. Yeah, Kuzma, I, I Ingram, Kuzma. whoever. Uh, you don't like Kuzma? I don't watch enough Lakers to have a different opinion, but I don't think we need him. He's dynamic. He'll he come around. He was absolutely necessary in that game he, 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 when he, no one played. When nobody played, he had 35. And no one played. Uh, when well, AD and LeBron were out, Rondo, Rondo, I think, had a... I don't know if he had a triple double, but he had a, he had he had he scored and he had a bunch of assists. And that night, Kuzma had put up like thirty eight. I should you know point out that I don't get to watch any Laker games. I've seen three this year, right? So well, I, I mean, just based off what I've seen for a kid like Kuzma, this team's just getting their footing right. They're just getting their chemistry down. You got LeBron and AD, and Rondo joked about it in the post game when AD interviewed him, but he's like. You know, wow! Well, you know, you got LeBron out, you got AD out. That's probably about seventy-five shots in between the two of them. <laughs> and so, excuse me, um, the room for Kuz sometimes is just not there. But it's good. Let's let him develop, and he might get traded by the end of the year. To be honest with you, I would. I guess I should say this: I don't necessarily want him to get traded because I like the youth. But I wouldn't be surprised if it happened for the right price. Oh, I just see the bleached hair as a bad move, bad sign. He's Something's going on. You don't like the the money. The it's, uh, it's a Rodman. The marathon thing. continues tattoo. The Nipsey Hustle tattoo. Either I don't know about the tattoos. I'm just looking on his head. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, those guys get some money, and it all happens like that. Yeah, I mean, they're still in their early twenties. They get all that money, and then especially when you're playing in L.A., you get the celebrities courtside every night and yep. stuff, and you go out with them. I'm sure afterwards at times and. Just hey, happens. Uh, the Lakers city. gotta use, gotta lose, right? They're not gonna win every single game. Yeah, not exactly. Gonna, it's not. It's not. It's not. The West is not conducive of a Warriors 2016 team anymore. Yeah, 71 wins or whatever it was. The West is just not conducive of that. Uh, it's never really been, in my opinion. It's always been obviously stronger than the East, but now you just got a lot of teams that are really good. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact that a team like Memphis is already. Showing this much this early, it's kind of scary for the future. I mean, I, I give the West another two, three years. We're going to have, like, in my opinion, like 10 plus solid teams. Oh, in yeah. It's going to be scraping for playoffs yeah. past the West. It's going to go agree. all the way down to, like, wow, the team that was like the, you know, four, the 13, 14 seed was the, like about 500 still yeah. or something like that. I mean, the West has some good young teams if they pan out. Yep. Yeah, that really helped that uh, the Pelicans and Grizzlies jumped to the one and two spot last year with the new lottery. Yeah, yeah. Those, both those teams were not horrible. Yeah, they, and they jumped. They, just had they were on the break. Scenes. The Lakers also jumped a lot too. Yeah. yeah, they traded that pick to the Pelicans, but they did. Still, like that kind of screws up the conference balance when you get you know those teams that jumped like that. So, yep. I don't know. That, that could have ramifications, especially if Zion's great and John Morant is great, and it's like they both went to the West because of. You know, lucky ping pong balls. Yeah, because yep. I mean, it looked like it was going to be yeah, yeah, New York that, or Cleveland yeah. could have yeah. been uh, one I that mean, grabbed them. Those, both markets were devastated. Yeah, oh, New, yeah York New York was certain. New, New York, York had already started yeah. making Zion jerseys. Yeah, New York had acted like they already had him. 
because they had like a 50% chance or something. It was like, shit, did you guys not only do you guys not even get him, you don't even well, get Durant. Well, yeah, there's another sure 50 enough, in there. I mean, fans. I haven't seen the C, I haven't really paid attention to the season RJ Barrett's having, but I know you definitely don't He's hear about him. He's having an okay season. He's having a decent season on a bad team. Yeah, that's my point. Like, if he was on these decenter teams, it's like, oh, but. Decenter. That is a yep. new word, ladies and gentlemen. Coined. Add it to the dictionary. We're doing it. Well, uh, elsewhere in LA, um, the Clippers have uh, been interesting. They've faced a lot of criticism, I think, since their Christmas Day win over the Lakers. Um, you know, just was this the right move? All the moves they made. Um, they don't look all that great, all that dominant. They don't look like they're having fun. There's flaws with the team. Yet they're still sitting there with the two seed. Yeah. They're uh, currently beating Dallas right now, um, which would be a good win for them. And, you know, they just haven't actually been healthy. Paul George misses, has missed like five of the last six games. And uh, Kawhi's heating up. He's not actually shooting well tonight, but um, the previous five games he's averaging 36. And it seems like he's really he's really turned it on. In George's absence, and it's like, okay, I like sometimes it's like, how is he? He's not the best player. Everyone like you know Skip Bayless. Oh, he's the best player, and then you watch him. And I'm like, he's like the twelfth best player in the NBA. Who? Kawhi. Kawhi. And then there's stretches where it's like, oh, he's absolutely the best player. It's it's well, what it comes LeBron's down to there, there's that's that's two different arguments in my in for me. Um, there's a regular season best, and there's a playoff best. You know, there's just guys that just turn it on when when it's time. And uh, to me, he's the best at doing that. He's, oh, he's by far the best two-way best. player. Yeah, he is. And he, you could sure. almost say he's one of the best two-way so, players to so, ever play. So are you – I'm sorry. I haven't watched too much Clippers lately, but are they – do they just seem not to be meshing well? You mentioned they don't look yeah. happy. What's yeah, the deal I with mean, that? You could tell, like – I mean – who is it? Is I mean, because Kawhi always looks pissed. Yeah. So you can't get any facial cue. Yeah, you know. It, it he, did seem like Kawhi was getting in, like, what did I get into? This is, aside okay. from Paul George, I didn't pick this team, and Paul George isn't out there with me right now. Like, what did I get into? Okay. And then well, I mean, the he, other guys kind of feel that, like, and Lou and, and Trez, who yeah. kind of feel like, well, they were part of the last year's success, are kind of like, well, what's going on here? Okay. They said, like, I, th- I think even Doc Rivers said, like, don't, don't compare us to last year. Last year we were an eight seed that lost in the first round. That's failure, and we're not we're not that team. Yeah, like, well, that was fun, but that was failure. And takes time about, so. takes time to build chemistry, just like we talked about with the Lakers. So and, there's so much talent on that team that I can't see it, and so much talent and leadership with guys like Lou Williams and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Doc Rivers that you got to imagine that the clubhouse. Um, the locker room, I guess, I, I basketball imagine, will I imagine, come around. I imagine they'll be. But fine. I mean, it's tough. That I mean, <laughs> Kawhi looked overwhelmed when he was raising the championship trophy last year. You know, he just always looks like he's just a yeah. little overwhelmed to me. Yeah. So it's hard to pick up on his non or his uh, his nonverbal cues, but I got to imagine with that type of leadership that the locker room has got to come around, especially with a guy at the helm like Doc. Yeah. So uh, one of the reasons I said it's it's been tough. Is that while Paul George has missed a bunch of games this year, say Shea Gilgis Alexander, my sweet Canadian boy, yeah. has been uh, just great in his second season. You know, really developed his game and become like you could see a path to him being a multiple-time All Star. Yeah, and what uh, what seed like, is Oklahoma right now? They're they're the seventh seed. And they beat uh, Houston last they night. Houston I'm twice. Not so it's, it's not just that. him, but. Obviously, Gallinari is still playing for the Thunder and doing well. And Chris Paul looks like he's having a lot of fun in OKC. Well, I think yeah. because that they're actually doing all right. I think when Chris Paul first got there, it was kind of like, oh, my God, like, you know, hopefully I'm trade bait somewhere else. But then now yeah. it's like, wait when, a minute, this team's a little bit of fun. When they beat 
Houston the first time, and uh, what's his name took him out for for an ovation. You know, he called the timeout to pull CP3. I was like, damn, CP3 looks happy, happier than I feel like I've seen him in the past years. And uh, it's and the past crazy three too because years. he's not on a you know yeah they're doing good, but it's still not a championship team, and he's never won a ring. So it's kind of interesting that at this point in his career. He is yeah, almost you just, just got to not worry about that. Stuff. Yeah, I think I think maybe he is having fun. Maybe that's good. Maybe he's yeah. accepted I, I that. I think we'll talk about it later with football. But like the winning the championship stuff, when you've seen what's happened there, it's like it's very hard to do. So yeah. well, there's another. Uh, you guys should watch out. He just he played last night. and He had a couple points. There's another sweet sweet Canadian boy on OKC uh, Arizona State Sun Devil, Lugens Dort. I remember and that. Um, he could develop to be something good yeah, he quick. He was dominant at ASU last he year. He was. He had a lot of flaws. Off. I think he came out a little early, but as far as sheer raw talent is concerned, he can bring that to the table at the at the guard position, and he's got some size too. So I like OKC. I like what they're doing. Yeah. They know how to beat Houston, that's for sure. Yeah, and they, they have like – That could easily be a first-round matchup for them too. Oh. Yeah, they have like 14 first-round picks too. So. Yeah. But right now, Houston's actually sixth. They've been struggling – Pretty pretty bad. That was yeah, awesome. I yeah, love like seeing see Harden fail. Yeah. Uh, the last team you want to talk about here is the, the Utah Jazz, who had a, a bad start to the season, but have now they won like ten straight at one point. Uh, Rudy Gobert has been great, and it's just like, oh, this is the team that people thought could have been the number one seed. Which it's not going to happen at this point. They're not going to get the number one seed. No. But but they're still in contention for number two. They're up there with you know Clippers, Denver. There's, there's a lot of competitors for that number two seed. I, been, I think it's anybody's game right now. Yeah, the Jazz, period. the Jazz are good, and they're still feel like at times not even getting the respect they deserve because I've seen some games where they're only like slight favorites at home, and I'm like, dude, at home, I don't know, they're pretty good, and they end up crushing the team. Like they yeah, killed Indiana last night after they had a back to back. There's been a big thing about like I keep seeing like zero time All Star Rudy Gobert with this stat line. It's like, okay, he's gonna make it this year. Like, just don't worry. Don't why are you taking so offense to? That he didn't make it last year. It's like because there's no center anymore in the All Star game. So yeah, that's why. That's the only reason it's he just hasn't forwards, made it. Yeah, but um, he's gonna make it this year. So. Yep, he's so guy, guy plays stellar defense. That's for don't sure. Don't worry, Utah fans. And I think he'll, another reason he'll make it this year too is because it was kind of like a big thing big last, last year. year. Didn't he, he, he was like he cl- even like there was like tears or something. Yeah, he had a big thing about it, and it's like so. Yeah, I think for sure he uh, gets back in there this year. But uh, we have one more big basketball news for tomorrow. I mean, Zion's debut. Yes. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're already you took the day off of work. It's Zion yeah. day. It's- yeah, it'll be a. I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, just because I the game is at home, I believe, which I think I imagine they were they needed his yeah. debut to be at home because that was you know that only it makes sense. They're going. They against- announced it a week ago tomorrow. Like it was weird how they announced yeah. it. I thought, but I think you're correct. Yeah, and there it's a six thirty game on uh, Pacific time on ESPN. So, uh, which is another thing that I was obvious. I mean, it was it's obviously going to be. Well, a didn't TV they move game. it? I'm sure they did. Like it wasn't supposed to be on TV, and then they. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, and then yeah, it was. He's, he's like, playing, and it's like, well, it has to be on TV. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dudes. But uh, it also it's against the Spurs. Who this isn't your same Spurs team from the past that plays solid defense. I mean, they score a good amount of points per game and they give up a good amount now. So that's just how basketball is. And I think Popovich has finally accepted it. I think I remember him saying something about it like a while back, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I imagine his adrenaline is going to be off the charts. So 
We'll oh. see. I feel like Lonzo Ball could get a, one good <laughs> pa- assist. I mean, uh, Knowing Greg Popovich, he'll probably find a way to bracket Zion and just oh, let I'm, him be a non-factor just to just to throw it in the face of the NBA. And so that's something yeah. that I was actually interested in when I did see that it was against the Spurs because I said if there in my head I was like if there is any coach out there that will find a way to like kind of spoil that it's debut, yep. it's him. Because he will find a and way. And he to will get, take pride in that. He will. He, that he'll have a Woody after doing. Also, something Also, like everybody. For sure. Everybody on the Spurs knows that. Hey, everybody. The whole nation's gonna be watching on this game because of this kid. They're like, let's, you know, shut him down. Like, yeah, because we have veterans on there still, like Aldridge, DeRozan. Yeah, Rudy you know, Gay. Rudy Gay. I mean, oh, that's a veteran team right there. That's crazy. It sure is. Yeah, uh, I think Patty Gay Mills. is out. Oh, is he hurt right now? As of the seventeenth. Oh. Yeah, I was. I haven't seen him out there in a while, but he's like thirty-nine or something. Not really, but... He's old. I like yeah, Rudy Gay. Yeah, I always thought he was... Um, at the same token, they still have Zion as... Uh, uh, not playing, Listed questionable. So, yeah, the injured yeah. list. So well, he is playing. It's yeah, 100%. so maybe... Well, he's saying and maybe Rudy is, is yeah. going to be uh, playing. So something that... Given uh, the designation. Uh, basketball designations are weird. It's not like football where you like know, you know, you like... Questionable means questionable. Mm-hmm. What may have helped the uh, Pelicans here is that... Um, with Zion being hurt, is that... Brandon Ingram got to be the lead guy. Yeah, he's looking good, Become a 25-point-a-game scorer. Yeah. And Lonzo Ball's been really good as of late. I called that, too. I said yeah. the moment they left the Lakers, I was like, they're, they're going to be better off in New Orleans. They'll play better because they'll get to do more. It's a young team. They'll be happier. Yeah. And they've even come out and like said that. I think Ingram had come out saying how he was just kind of doubted himself a lot. Like Even guys like Jalen Brown had recently come out saying he doubted himself a lot last year. So a lot of these younger guys that you know they're starting to show up. and Yeah, you just need a little bit of confidence, I think, for a lot of these guys. Um, the other thing that that's a problem for them is because they're young, just kind of a, a mess defensively a lot of times. Oh yeah, and they they play yeah, a different style of game. It's the run and the shoot. Stuff. You teams, know, they like yeah. to play fast and shoot threes, and then you're just seeing that more and more. But you really see that with the young teams. But uh, well, I, I think that's, that's it. basketball. I mean, yeah, that's our basketball. For, I feel uh, bad for you, uh, East East Coast fans, because we mostly talk Western Conference. But well, really, show us something in the East. <laughs> the Eastern Conference isn't. It's not all that exciting. Like Miami's been solid. The Bucks are running away with it. Yeah, and we talked Bucks. Yeah, not. and then you're gonna have the Sixers Bob, and Celtics that kind of fight around for. Yeah, there's not a lot of storyline. And I, I think that the Sixers. Thought, I mean, I think that the the media and the country thought the Sixers were gonna have more storylines. I mean, the one storyline is Ben Simmons can shoot a three, kind of. You know, it's it's yeah. and Joel Embiid has has been spotty all year, so there's not much to talk about. I still like yeah. the Heat though. And then a lot of the the garbage teams in the East are like. They might as well not even be playing basketball. Like, it's t- certain teams like like I we, I was watching that or Magic uh, Lakers game the other day. And Orlando historically, I feel like is just one of those teams that just you never get talked about. You know, I mean, they've had some players like Victor Oladipo play there for a while. Shaq back in the day, Tracy McGrady, but historically, just a weird market. Orlando's, I feel like, a weird market, especially for fat basketball. And there's a lot of teams like that in the East right now that are just kind of obsolete and you don't even really think about. Yeah. But like Charlotte. Oh, yeah. That, that's a team. Forget about forget that. forget sometimes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. The Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, the Wizards are pretty The Washington Wizards. Well, I mean, maybe give the East another year or so, maybe, uh, especially with Durant and Kyrie getting to play together next year if that pans well, that, out. Well, that will make things different. And then... That's another thing, too, with the, the West right now. I mean, we talk about these young teams, but I'll tell you what, next season, Golden State's going to be right back there with Clay Thompson sure and the Curry coming back and then probably a good draft pick, I imagine, right? They're going to have one, yeah. I mean, I think as long as I know, they still have their pick this year. Yeah. 
So yeah, they're gonna. It's a it's a you good think, team that's having a bad you year. Think D'Angelo is gonna be a cl- uh, warrior by the end of the year. I don't know. I think so. He, I feel like he Who's seems gonna trade him. Who's gonna trade for him? I don't know. And I, I feel like he seems okay, like being there. I think he understands what's happening this year, and I think he still would like the opportunity to hang around there and then get to play with Curry and Thompson next year. And Green. Also, there. Uh, who called? Who who was it in the media that called Draymond Green out for averaging a single uh, single triple? It's Barkley, I think. Oh yeah, Charles Barkley called him out for averaging a single triple, <laughs> or a triple single. I guess yeah, it would I'm be. To think about that. Yeah, whichever. But you know, it's a throwaway year for them. Yeah, it's a throwaway year. Yep. So what else do we have on the slate here? Well, should we uh, move into some uh, baseball? Talk baseball. Yes. Uh, busy time of the year for baseball. Wait, just kidding. So uh, going on with our. Uh, Previous story, the Astros, just to kind of touch up on it. There, at least that we haven't talked about yet, but there was also like just some more stuff that came out about how basically, and some of these guys, Jose Altuve being one of them, were kind of wearing little wires that would kind of that would buzz. Of course, there's no evidence of that. It was uncovered in the investigation. Yeah, well, that wasn't, but there's now people are starting to like see stuff, and you do see a video of him telling them, like, don't rip my jersey, don't rip my jersey, and then you can kind of see. Something through his jersey, and then there was, you know, with Josh Reddick celebrating in the locker room one time, that kind of had something that he said was, I forget what he said it was, but he said it was something else. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, if that something. is true, it's kind of crazy. But, like you said, there's no full-blown evidence that it is. But, I mean, you clearly can see in the video of him telling them, like, to not rip his jersey because of pointing at something. But, also, there was, a, you know, we talked about how the players deserve some punishment, which I believe we all still agree I on. Still, I still, I feel more strongly about it now. That's not good grammar at all. That's but fine. I feel very, I feel strongly <laughs> about the players getting some punishment, man, because. Me too. And, I, and I'm, you know, you got to innocent until proven guilty. I'm, uh, you know, that's, that is the foundation of this country, but they did it. Yeah, and they, they knew. Did. And the fact that Brug Bregman, who I used to like, now I'll hate him forever. Just yeah. so you know, I used to like Altuve also, the little guy. Yeah, you know, just putting in the work. No, you're a cheater. Now, uh, and yeah, no, so there, I think that their legacy is tainted forever. 100%. And I hope that the media and the fans don't let them forget that, because if they're not going to get any concrete punishment, if Manfred's not going to hand anything down to those guys. Then I hope they're ridiculed for the remainder of their career and booed at every at bat, because they knew they cheated. Bregman with his little stupid smug face, asking questions asked about it, uh, talking about how, uh, oh well, you know the the league conducted there. That's all he really would say, you know. That's all and, he's probably allowed to say. And and I get that, I really do, but it still pisses me off. I, there should be something. Yeah, and even going on, they even did a vote that had the like had fans vote on something and. It said about 70% of the fans said they would like to see punishment. And then you had a pitcher like uh, Mike Clevenger, who's an Indian, he's very Cleveland Indians pitcher, it. who is a vocal guy about it because he's a passionate pitcher. And I'm sure he had times where the Astros beat up on him. And he uh, came out and basically said, like, those motherfuckers should be ashamed and not want to, like, basically look well, anyone in the face and even, stuff like uh, that. Even Trevor and, Bauer was on PMT this week, and he said that that cheating dates back to, like, 2014. Oh, yeah. But they've been doing it kind of for that long. No, he's and, probably not uh, wrong. I don't think he's wrong either. There, there needs to be some well, sort of punishment. You, you need to set a precedent. There's no precedent for cheating you, at this Cora level. When did Cora get there? Because I mean, Beltran and Cora seem to be the guys. They who might did be it. the guys, man. The Puerto Rican thing. I mean, 
Those sleazy Puerto Rican well, bastards. Look, I mean, here's the thing. Um, I'd say culturally, we we take cheating way more seriously than a lot of other cultures. Yeah, probably. And I know Puerto Ricans actually are they're technically Americans, but it's still different than than here. Yeah. Um, I agree. Asia, you know, if you ever do business in Asia, you know, it's <laughs> like they're they they cheat. They would be, would be considered cheating to us. Not to them. Right. That They're always looking for a deal. So something like... They're always looking to cut some corners somehow. That it's Cora and Beltran that they're like, well, they probably didn't see anything wrong with it because it's just... Where you okay, need to well, I'm so. not... Yeah, I get that. But, so. you know, give them the, give them the gavel. So it does seem like it was... In my opinion, Well, it does least. seem like it was those two. And I, I'm going to guess that those two are never going to be back in baseball. I think you're right, Andy. Um, I mean, they're going to be like Pete I, Rose. I guess the hopes could be that... What the public sees is not as severe as what's going on behind the curtains in the MLB. And so hopefully, you know, maybe these guys will be, to take a current term, shadow banned, yeah. where they're, you know, banned, but we don't really know it. I, uh, I want to see, and I don't understand why Mike Fires is the only guy. Um, Zach Grinke and Justin Ver- Verlander are like notable assholes. Yeah, but Grinke to, just got there. They're, they're very irritable. You think if they saw that, and, and they well, also so is were, Cole. were new to the team. Garrett you think Cole is like, an asshole. You guys been doing this shit? Did you do this shit to me? Like, and I don't understand how they didn't blow it up. Like, like Fires is the only guy to do it. Where it's like, I would think Zach Grinke would be, would be so offended if he found out his well, hitters were doing that. And be like, I don't care. If well, I'm then playing. I guess you ask how often no. was Zach Grinke facing Houston? Wasn't he on Arizona before? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I mean that's one thing, but. Yeah, Still. but I just and also it's funny. I mean, because then there have been the things though also about what have you said before? You said about the balls for Houston with the pitcher, like the spin cycle. And yeah, stuff, yeah, the balls being a little juiced in favor of the. Pitchers. And I mean, Verla- I mean that evidence is a little there too. Because I mean, you look at Verlander, who, who yeah, his career looked like it was coming to an end in Detroit, and then he comes to uh, Houston, and he's like winning Cy Youngs and stuff, and he's he is winning and his you know, stuff. World his series. juice just got better. You yeah, know, you could like, tell. He was back to that Verlander that lost that World Series for the Tigers back yep. in like 20-something. To Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. I think that's a good explanation that we should stick with is that like maybe they're also hiding something, yeah, which is why they're keeping their yeah. mouths shut. Yeah. Or else and, and, and you got to imagine Fires is less inclined to throw his pitchers under the bus, his homeboys, yeah. than he is, you know, I would assume. But it's all it's all assumptions at this point in time. But... Yeah, I, I just. Did they ever say was there ever a motive of why Fires came out and said anything? I think because he he was on Oakland and was a rival to them. And he was on Oakland when I they know. won the World Series, so he's probably like fuck that. Yeah, you're right. He was. Yeah. Well, uh, well. Also, how about some just? Let's just go with the fact that maybe he just got some good integrity. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe he maybe wasn't. We'll, maybe yeah. I, maybe we'll maybe look he, at the intrusive good in people. Here's the thing: some of these guys, well, we also he didn't, have to, he didn't like. He wasn't a whistleblower. It was just in like some interview. It wasn't an. It was an interview like, yeah, in the I mean, Athletic that started the whole well, process. The fuck? Like really, really quick yeah. too. Here's here's the other thing. Also, is you think a lot of these players they're only on teams for a year at a time, two years at a time, so they don't have like a connection with that team. And it might be like, they might look at that and be like, well, shit, dude, like I'm a pitcher and this is the shit you're doing to pitchers. Like he might've understood the value of how difficult it is to be a good pitcher and uh, get there yeah. and then have that keep happening there to is, you and stuff. There is definitely some sort of um, hidden, you know, it's a fraternity baseball player. Like baseball yeah. players are in a fraternity in essence. And so I imagine that you're correct. There's probably a lot more guys that should be coming out, but there's got to be some sorts of, unwritten rules 
that yeah. are preventing guys from blowing the whistle as much as they are. And you're, I mean, and you, if your pitches are obviously being, you know, if like they know what's coming, it's like that affects how good you are, which affects you getting paid. Well, it affects your play. It affects. I don't know if everything. you heard uh, about the guy who blew the whistle on Tony Larusa when he was coaching the White Sox, I believe, in like the eighties. Oh wow! And there was a guy who came out and said that Tony Larusa um, was doing some of the same, one of the same things where there was a sign in the outfield and one of the light bulbs in the sign was like a different color or something like that. And so they had somebody like hitting a button. <laughs> and I don't know how true this all is. Obviously, it's not in the mainstream media yet. This is just something that I heard. Yeah. Um, but so so to, to, to that point there, maybe it's more prevalent than we actually know not being in professional baseball. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure it is. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's all speculation. Because when baseball is like one of those sports where it's like, you know, the key thing is knowing what pitches are coming. It's not like basketball where it's like just put the ball in the hoop or ba- yes. uh, hockey where it's like get the ball in the, in the puck in the net. Well, I mean, baseball, it's like the key thing is like it's pitchers being able to fool you. Like, oh, I'm yeah. thinking fastball's coming because it's a 3-0 count and he gets me with a curve yep. and I'm but swinging away. You know everyone's looking for that stuff because, I mean, you've, you've watched when the uh, catcher comes to the mound, what does a pitcher do? It covers his face. Yeah. Yep. So you can't read his lips. Even the, the, the manager goes out there and covers his yeah. mouth. So it's, I mean, same thing with football. They put the big thing over that, over their mouth. When he's calling his like, plays. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, they know people are looking and that's not like, like the Patriots. That's not from your eyes. That's cameras are on yep. them. And yep. so, I just, yeah, that stuff is widespread. It just, it sucks. I don't know what the solution is. Like a neural implants so you can reach each other's minds. Yeah. 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 We're almost there. Because there's always been like I mean the Patriots were accused of like jamming the signals for the they were uh, one of one of many uh, attempts at the cheating which probably really did happen. And I happen. think that that specific thing has been said like multiple times. There's yeah, other franchises, not just them. No, it's happening. No, that's common. It's happening. Yeah, but you know when you're at home and the away teams comms go down, they they take your comms down. Yeah. Did you know that? If you're in an NFL game, let's say you're an away team and your comms go down, they make the home team's comms go down until yours are fixed. But if your comms go down and you're the home team, it's like, oh, well, I mean, they're your comms. So you figure them out and they let the away team keep their comms on. Yeah. So that's interesting. Everyone should use that college football system of random pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. always hilarious. You're like, what the fuck is? Uh, that? It's always like they got like, the Tony's take shield <laughs> upon the card. Uh, those, those things are funny because you'll see like Marsha Brady with like, <laughs> yeah, like a kissy <laughs> emoji and then like Don King or something. You're like, yeah, what is that? <laughs> yeah, obviously power right. So one was like a white claw. Yeah, I know it is funny like what they come up with. It's like the same thing when a guy's shooting a free throw in college and just someone's just got like a giant f- yeah. photo head of like Bill Nye or something or like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, the other quick little baseball news, just to say really quick, is that uh, Larry Walker and Derek yeah, Jeter. My sweet Canadian man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Larry Walker and Derek Jeter have uh, been elected to the Hall of Fame. It was, uh, I don't know how many times Larry Walker has been on the list, but this was Derek Jeter's first time. And a big thing was that he wasn't unanimous. He missed it by one vote. And, 99.75. Uh, really quickly before, because I know you wanted to say something about it, but yeah, I, no. I think... A while back, we actually discussed if we thought Larry Walker would be a Hall of Famer. I remember talking baseball because we were talking about kind of like how those numbers, you know, because Coors Field, like. Well, the minute you know, he the minute he was, went on the other uh, batter's box, turned his helmet around against Randy Johnson, I knew he was going to be yeah. a shoe. 
I mean, I mean he, that guy did it over a long period of time. Yeah, he was good for the Expos and then the Cardinals. Yeah, he did. A lot of good teams. But I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. I know there's going to be those snobby experts out there that are like, oh, well, yeah, he batted 360 I, I this year because he played the yeah. I, I think the stats guys were more in favor of him than like the traditionalists. Yeah, that's, and because, and that's what I'm saying. Because if you really do look back at some of his numbers, yeah, it's in Colorado. His batting averages years were insane. I mean, he definitely had a 360 year. I don't know if he ever had a 370, but I know he had like... But he had like the on base to go with it where like... Dante Bichette, that one year where he hit like 340, had like an on base of like 350. And it was like, and he never hit over 30 home runs in any other season. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. well, that's, that was totally a fake he was, year. Yeah. He, you know, he was more of a, he was more of a Tony Gwen esque yeah. hitter. Larry and I Walker guess, so I, it did just say that it was his, it was Larry Walker's final time to be eligible on the list. So, okay. So here's my theory. Okay. Um, yeah. Just, just so, just my theory with it. Uh, I saw the guy's name was Dave Williams that didn't vote for Derek Cheater. Um, and I can probably pull up who he voted for, but my theory is not that he was a Red Sox fan, not that he was a you know uh, Mets fan, whatever. My theory, just you know, with faith in humanity and the fact that Derek Jeter definitely should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, which he was, and I think he probably deserved unanimous. But there may have been people on the ballot, i.e., Larry Walker, that this was their last chance to get into the Hall of Fame. And so my hope is that his thought process was, I'm going to vote for this guy because this is his last chance to get in. And that's why he did not expel that vote on Derek Jeter. Yeah, I know. Some so of the, the I ESPN. can't imagine it's for hate is what I'm saying. I'm sure there's a logical explanation. So some of the ESPN people put like their logic for their ballots and stuff. And one of them was like, I think you can only pick 10 people. You can't. Yeah. So and it was like, well, I would vote for Roger Clemens. I would, like, I would vote for 14 people. But I know Clemens will still be there next year, and I know he won't make it this year. So why waste a vote on him this year that I could vote for someone else? So you want to know who the guy voted for? He didn't vote for Larry Walker. Yeah. So the guy voted for Josh Beckett, Barry <laughs> Bonds, which is a Red Sox. So maybe my theory is busted. He voted for Josh Beckett, Barry Bonds, Adam Dunn. Oh, my. Oh, I appreciate the, the Barry Bonds, but Adam Dunn, huh? Jason Giambi. I hate this guy. Maybe he's a giant. Imagine. He seems to like big left-handed hitters. Wait, well, here we go. You, this one will debunk this. Paul Canerco. Oh. He likes home runs, is what this guy likes. Jose Valverde. Oh, shit. So that might have been the one. He did have like 400 saves or something. I, I, that might be the one, because I got to imagine this is probably Jose Valverde's last, one of his last times being on like the ballot. No, nah, yeah, think? Valverde pitched, I feel like, only a few years ago. Really? I think so. I don't oh. know. And then Billy it, Wagner. It also could be Wagner might be one of his. You know, last you have ones. to get you have to get five percent to stay on. He might have been like, I'm going to vote for these people to stay on. So yeah, this is might. this is what I, this is my logic. So exactly what you're so saying. I right think there. what I'm seeing here with this to guy, Canerco and Dunn. What I'm what I'm there. seeing here with this guy is that he doesn't. He knew Jeter was going to get in and didn't care about Jeter being unanimous or maybe hoped so, someone else wouldn't vote Jeter and wanted to give these other guys to stay on the ballot. So what I would think is that, like they said, only one other person's been unanimous and it was Rivera last year. Um, Ever in the history of baseball? Yeah, I think so. Really? Unanimous in their first year. Oh, in their first Griffey year. Griffey wasn't unanimous? I don't think I think only Mariano Rivera was the was unanimous in their first yeah. year. Um and that's a great honor. And I'll say this about Derek Jeter, he absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's kind of like, you know, when we do Rotten Tomatoes and you're like, how's that movie got a ninety nine? It's not that good, but it just got like, well, it's good enough. It's got a high approval rating. Yeah. That means ninety nine percent of the people liked it. Derek Jeter is nowhere near the top 30 baseball players of all time, but it's like, obviously, he was a great player, Hall of Fame player, so it's like, yeah, you can't make a case that he doesn't belong, but also, 
He's not one of the no greatest greatest. So I, I'm not he wanted too, to give him that honor. Yeah, no, he already not, gave Rivera that honor. So I'm not I, I'm not tripping on it too much. I mean, ninety nine point seven five percent of the votes. Congratulations, Derek. First ballot. That's what a lot of people don't vote for people on first ballot because they don't want them to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's like, that's bullshit. No, well, it is, and Derek it, and Derek Jeter deserved it for sure. Yeah. But it's I think I think that it's overblown in the media because it's one vote. If it was yeah. like instead of ninety nine seven five, if it was like ninety eight fifty, you know, and it was like two and a half, three votes, whatever, it might be a little bit different. But the fact that it was just one vote is the reason it's being blown. And the Hall of Fame voting is crazy. I think I don't remember if it was this or something else, but it was like Dan Lebetard got suspended for selling his vote on his like radio show. Yeah, I remember. I don't that. know if it was like was that NBA MVP or something. Like it, that? Was it was something different. It was. I don't think it was but Hall of Fame. I think it was an. MVP I think somewhere vote. else like was like we're gonna let you decide for us for our vote, and it's like they don't take that. Yeah. Well, also, uh, so I did end up looking it up. His best batting average year was in '99. He batted 379 yeah, with a 458 on base percentage. But also today, this was nine hours ago. He had a tweet yeah, I saw that. that said, "I although I believe I'm going to come up a little short today, I still want to thank all of you that have been pulling for me and showing your support. I'm grateful for all of you. It's been fun leading up to today, reading everyone's thoughts. Cheers with two beer emojis clanking and then said LW, Larry Walker. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that he even went into today with like, you know, I'm yeah. not going to have high expectations. I'm not going to be upset. I, I appreciate Freaking everyone. Dave, and- Wal- Dave Williams here is not even voting for Larry or Derek Jeter. Yeah. Who is this son of a bitch? Now I really don't like him. Canerco. Definitely deserving. Yeah. Come on. Guys got a couple world series. Well, I think Adam though. Dunn's the worst one on there. Yeah. De- yeah. Definitely not before Larry Walker and Derek Jeter. That's for damn sure. Adam Dunn, Hall of Fame of strikeouts. If they have that. I've also been to Cooperstown and it's amazing. Yeah. I've been lucky with Hall of Fame. Do they have like the racist wing or something? Well, it's not racist. Um, I mean, baseball's crazy that it's like from the 1880s and shit. It's it like, is. Oh God. It is. Well, obviously Jackie Robinson has the biggest shrine in the whole place. Yeah. But it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool place to be, man. Now here's a question. Saw Double Day Field. Carlos Beltran. Does he have a chance? I would say he would. Other he would have. Yeah. Before this. Well it's gonna be an interesting one because you well, see all the guys being I, I think he still has a chance because he's flying under the radar, although he didn't get fired, they parted ways. Um, yeah. I don't consider. I, I mean, I consider Cora being fired, but it just depends on how much more comes out. I think yeah. that Beltran is a, is a Hall of Famer, though. Personally, Alex Cora. Uh, I loved him. I uh, loved him as a Dodger. So him and Cesar Sir should be inducted. Yes, yeah, you know what? Yeah. My one memory I have of like Alex Cora is, is when he was on the Dodgers and he had like a twenty pitch at oh, bat yeah. and then hit a home run. I remember that. So uh, fun story, real quick. When I was a kid, Alex Cora was one of my favorite Dodgers. And somebody was starting at uh, shortstop over him, or second base over Could him. Have been his Excuse me. It wasn't Cesar Asturias. It was somebody else because they played Mark opposite. Mark Redzelonic. Could have been Mark Redzelonic. I forget who it was at the time. It might have been his tourist, to be honest with you. And uh, I was really uh, busted up about it. And I wrote a letter to the Dodgers. Hell yeah. Uh, I swear to God, I talked to my dad about this recently. I wrote a letter to the Dodgers explaining to them why I think Alex Cora should be in the starting spot instead of, I think it was Cesar as tourist now that I think about it. <laughs> but didn't they play shortstop and second base? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there they was played together. It was, it was a really great. They, like, were, they were a battery. Somebody yeah. was starting over Alex Cora at the time, and it could have been Mark Rizalonic. Wait, do you remember the year? I don't remember the year. And to this day, I do not know if my if it actually made it to the Dodgers front office or not. But I asked my dad, and he goes, "Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> You'll never know." But I actually did do that, and now he's a cheating son of a bitch. So I take it back. 
Well, baseball. All right. Uh, should we move into some soccer talk? Yeah, so this is just going to be really brief. We don't really talk soccer too much, but it is our one of our home teams, and it's only MLS, but uh, the LA Galaxy, who have done a good job ever since like a lot of these like big-time players from like Europe and stuff have come over. Galaxy have done a good job getting like some of the top guys, and they uh, when they brought over David Beckham, it was a big roar. It definitely made it more popular around here, and then more recently they got a... Uh, they had Zlatan Ibrahimovic the last couple of years who definitely made a roar around here, especially with his arrogance and just how he backs it up and how good he is. And then they went out and made what some people say is even a better move than getting Zlatan here. They went out and got Chicharito, known as uh, Javier Hernandez, who is Mexico's all-time leading goal scorer yep. and is a very good player, obviously. And he's still... I think it said he's only like 31 or 34. I mean, he's That's not. That's what I wanted to well, know. Is, he's not like too no, high he's up. He's not there. that. He's somewhere old. between 31 and 34. I, I want to say it was 31. I don't think he's starting on the Mexican national team anymore, though. Yeah. Um, but he's been because playing of in his like age, England, and he's in. It wasn't he on. Didn't they get him from Sevilla? Yeah. So he'd been on Spain too. Like, but he he played in the Premier League for a little bit. And yeah, he's been in La Liga. Yeah, didn't he play on Man U? Yeah, for a while. That's when he was actually still like in his. Prime. Yeah, that's when he. That's when he made the transition to the Premier League. Yeah, because he obviously played for some Mexican leagues, I believe. But he did. He played for Mexican leagues for a majority of his of his career, I think. He but anyway, stayed down but there. yeah, he's. A, I remember it being a big deal. I think it was like maybe 2014 when he started playing in the Premier Leagues. It wasn't that long ago. He played a majority of his career in Mexico, I believe. Yeah, so he's a he's a good player, but uh, it'll definitely uh, bring a lot of fans there, and I think it'll. I mean, LAFC has become like a pretty big fan base, but hey, now one of their favorite players plays for the galaxy. So it'll be interesting to see like when they play each other. Cause I mean, those fans are going to stay loyal to Chicharito, I believe, because when you ask any of these Mexican soccer fans, it's, they love him. Dude. I, I have a, uh, one of my, one of my good friends uh, works for LAFC. That fan base is so diehard already, man. Oh, he yeah, sends me videos from the games and it's like, how do you pack that place? Like they are all dressed up in their, whatever their, their crew they have. It's called there. They are serious about the LAFC. And I don't know if you've seen Bank of California Center or been in it. It is pretty freaking nice, man. It's pretty damn nice. But, yeah, the, the Galaxy do a good job of always staying relevant with one big name when they're yeah. older. Beckham, Ibrahimovic, Chicharito. They're always really good about that. But I've been to both. I'd rather see a game at, at the Bank of California than the StubHub Center. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, that's new, so... Brand spanking new. Yeah. All right. Well, what about uh, some football talk to close us out? Uh, nothing uh, happened in the NFL. Re- American so. football. Oh. Yeah, we had the conference championships this weekend. And uh, I'll say one really fun game and one game um, I hope you didn't waste watching because it was, you know, nothing there. I turned it off. Yeah. I mean, uh, the final did score it, was way closer. Did than anybody hit a bet? I went over uh, no. two. I went over two. I went over two also. Good. I mean, both favorite, both favorites covered. I thought you you took Kansas City to cover, but no, I ended up. I thought you did too. Did I? No, that was the week before against. That's yeah. right. That was the week I, before. I, I was still said, I was still riding the Henry train. I think I think we all said the smart money was to just to take the Titans straight up because we did. Were, yeah. I remember that. I had two bet. I went over three actually because so, I had money line Titans no, money line no. and Titans plus seven. And, and it's right. You were adamant that you wanted it to count for. I was yeah. so I, I hey the but, record uh, show the record I reflects. Also learned a little something yesterday because I was listening to a, another podcast about Kansas City. I didn't realize that Kansas City ended the year with eight wins in a row and covered the spread all eight games. Apparently, really was it eight in a row? 
Yeah. Damn. And they, they went. The last eight. loss was to Tennessee then? Yeah. So, yeah. So I believe that was, uh, that would have been in like November. I wonder, this might be counting the, the playoffs, the playoffs yeah. also. So that's three game, two games in for them. Yeah. But I know the one thing though is that they it was adamant that they had covered the spread all those games too, except for uh, all the, during that winning streak. But uh, wow. yeah, I mean, so they look good right now, and they were talking about how their their um, defense has looked a lot better. And I mean, it, Tyron Matthews seemed to be everywhere yesterday. That Sorensen kid's been everywhere. It helped that they got uh, Jones back on the line. Yeah, Sorensen yeah. made that. Clark was looking good. I think it was him that made that big hit on Tannehill where it kind of looked like Tannehill was going to convert a big third down. And then he ran and just hit him and so that, took him down. So that is counting the playoffs. Yeah. And, yeah, so their last loss was November 10th, 35-32 to the Chiefs. And since then, they've won they eight probably in a row covered the spread and there covered too. the spread all eight games. Right. So, yeah, they've, uh, they've I mean, been the like, team. I did pick them to win the AFC. So yeah. it's not like I was down on them. And I did pick yeah, the Chiefs so to win I. the game. I just said I'd like seven and a half with so much. Yeah, and I was they the could same still win you. by a touchdown, and I could still win that bet. I, I did and, not see, and that was open. That was that could have happened. Well, they figured Andy Reid figured out how to stop the the ball control issues that uh, the Ravens and the Patriots well, could not stop. They held Henry to three and a half yards per carry. That's the whole thing with that. Like, oh, how do you stop a dominant running game? Is like, well, it's actually easy if you stop it because. If you're only averaging like three and a half yards per carry, yeah. you're going to run into a spot where you have to pass and you get sacked yep. and it's going to be drive killers, that kind of stuff. Um, I agree. If, if a running back is getting five yards a carry, yeah, then that's like unstoppable. And you could see that's what the Niners have been doing. Yeah. If you can get that high yards per carry, you could just run it all the time and just overwhelm teams. But yeah. it, it doesn't seem like a whole but a bit of difference, but it's huge. It, yeah. And first, so. first downs. It all really comes down to how yeah. many, you know, first downs you can pick up within the you know, goal line to goal line, not just throughout the game, but like, you know, how, how long you can stretch drives. Um, but there was big was they forced that field goal where yep. the Titans had to kick the field goal. They had weeks, to, and they actually, the chiefs had, they forced in the red zone. They forced Titans yep. to kick a field goal. And yeah. They, I mean, and they couldn't game if it was, uh, they couldn't get Henry going. They couldn't get the play action going and they couldn't stop Mahomes. Well, they, they were, they had the right game plan to start. It looked like Tennessee. They did I have think the so too. Going. Tannehill looked good. They were finding open guys, and it's they like, were okay. The AJ Chiefs Brown had a couple of big plays, and you can't because the Titans have good receivers as well. And then at the end, it's just like, well, you're, they weren't getting it from Henry. So wasn't meant to be for Tannehill this year. Yeah, I I think that I think that the Titans are going to be good for a little bit though. I think that defense is only going yeah, to get better. Have, I can and, see uh, I can see it both ways, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I'm not. I'm actually not. Very optimistic. You I think feel this like, is like it, huh? have, well, I don't even know who their quarterback's going to be next year. Yeah, don't we know. don't know that. Tannehill can go get an offer. And Henry, I mean, I think he'll continue to be good, but they rely on him so much that I think of it's hard uh, to carry running that backs load. just don't have a long life expectancy in the NFL. And now no. Henry, Henry's already been there a few years. It's just that he happened to start getting good a little over a year ago when he broke out towards the end of the season last year, and they just give him the ball like 25 times a game, and it's eventually I just feel like you know he might only have a one or like two or three dominant years left, you know, and it could even be shorter than that. I mean, things can happen so quickly, but, and those receivers are good, but I mean, none of them to me are like, I mean, that AJ Brown guy is just a monster, but none of them to me are like, oh man, this guy's a future star receiver, you know? No, so, they're I not. don't know. They're I just, stringing. I just so, feel like strung some wins together. I think Houston, year. I think with Deshaun Watson and stuff, what they've got going on there is going to be the team. And I think I've got, I've, for whatever reason, I have a little confidence. Jaguars can turn things around in there eventually. 
Or, or even the Colts. I mean, now the Colts can go out and get a quarterback. I mean, Jacob Brissett, I mean, he's a great quarterback, but I don't think he's their future. He's not. There's there's a lot of room for quarterbacks to move in this year. Oh, you know, yeah. We talked about it before, but um, there's a story that Phillip Rivers moved to, to Florida and that basically not a done deal, but it's, he's going to play for the Bucks. Which would mean Jameis wouldn't be playing for the Bucks. Hey, I'll and tell you what, Philip Rivers. Would, I didn't even Phillip hear Rivers would have a field day in Tampa Bay. So yeah, I mean, if Jameis like Winston, Jameis. That's what he, but he's just used like to, Jameis. He's used to having the big receivers. That's what yeah. he like. I don't want to say grew up with <laughs> when he was younger with the Chargers and was really yeah. good. He's got Jackson. Yeah, he's got um, Godwin, and Antonio Gates and stuff. Mike, and Mike Evans. Evans. That's gonna that could really work. Um, I think honestly it would. I would actually. I think Rivers in Tampa Bay would work. To be honest, you know they seem like they have a pretty. Decent young defense. Like, they have parts that are getting better. So, what do we think? We think that uh, there's a quarterback that's moving east to west? That's what, I mean, is Jameis going to come out here? Well, how about, about how about the GOAT? What about, yeah, Tom Brady, Tannehill. They're saying they're uh, saying Tom Gardner Brady to the Chargers. That would be, I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't, that honestly 100% would not shock me if Brady went to the Chargers because... I would hate it. It would be so bad. But I'm just saying because it'll be the first year in that brand new stadium, so he'll be in L.A. It's not like he's in Carson or something, like playing in front of 12,000 people every game and 10,000 of them are the other team's fans. You know, he'll actually be in this big new bitchin' stadium. It'll be the first year of it, and he'll get to take his talents to the West. I mean, his time in New England just might be up. But then it comes down to it of like, well, is he going to want to play ever for anybody else? Yeah, and well, I mean, he said it even. He said he's not. He's done taking discounts. So I think he's going to go to the biggest contract that gives him the best opportunity to win. I don't know where. And that'll I agree be, with him. But... He should be done taking discounts. I mean, I think what he saw that year, I think it was finally frustration. I think he held it in a little better than he's done in the past. But I think with well, what he saw yeah. and where it's going, I think he realized I can't play another year. And, and if you're the Patriots, you give him the Kobe treatment. In my opinion, if you don't, you're an idiot, and you. Are not loyal. You pay the guy as much as he wants. I mean, also, opinion. I think it's probably in the Patriots' best interest. I agree. Because there's too much of an unknown with any other person. Like, I think they, they asked uh, Jared Stidham this weekend, like, hey, are you prepared to start or something? He's like, I can't even be thinking about that right now. That's <laughs> crazy. And it's like, well, like, I don't think they want to go with that. No, I doubt it. I saw I think, a video. Uh, Mason Rudolph is available. <laughs> I, I saw so. a video. God, big face maze. Um, I saw something this week that was uh, uh, some defensive coordinator's worst nightmare, and it was Trevor Lawrence in a uh, in Patriot a Patriots jersey. jersey. Yeah. <laughs> do, do a Spurs and just suck one year, and then yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. But uh, do we? Uh, I, mean, I guess we want to get into the Niner game. I guess at all. That's all we got left. The, yeah, so no, not was, much uh, left either. That was I do want to mention. I don't know if you guys saw the videos of Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend. Going nuts. Easily one of the most annoying women I've oh, ever seen in my entire absolutely. life. Absolutely. I would have dumped yeah, her. Yeah, she's then. on Twitter all the time. Like, who is this? And I saw, oh, okay. And uh, you don't have any haters, ma'am. I'm sorry. You have no haters. Mm-hmm. Nobody hates on you. I'm uh, sorry. That ketchup on steak thing. I'm so don't. She's like, <laughs> that pissed me off so bad. Next subject. It pisses me off too bad. Ooh. Crazy, psychotic lady. Yeah. and She's uh, just got the psycho eyes. Yeah. No, you she does. them. They're not even married, and she like yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it's, like it's, it's, the, it's the psycho girlfriend. Yeah, and I'm like whoa, who's already claiming half, and she's not even yeah. married to him. But uh, oh god, sorry, yeah, the, I mean, sorry I brought that up. Weirdo, anyways, I mean, it's probably they're probably the very happy together. So. Packers and uh, Niners. It was uh, I think I mean kind of what I think you could kind of expect in a way because last time they played the Niners, they lost like thirty-seven to eight, and I knew right when they got down like 10-0, 
I was like, it just had the feeling. I was like, this is going to be like a 30-something to 10-type oh, yeah. game. No, I, you know when I knew? The second time they sacked um, Aaron Rodgers. Because once you start sacking Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay has always been like a sack avalanche. Once you sack Aaron Rodgers once or twice, then they just keep coming. Also, and then Aaron that Rodgers defensive line is too looked ridiculous. Like he anyways. got defeated pretty quick. He did. He did he, not play good at all. He didn't all. seem happy out there. He didn't seem like he, he – truthfully didn't seem like he cared once they got behind. And, no. I mean, they did start like – Kind of making some moments, but I mean, gosh, dude, Coleman goes out and monster, dude, just shoulder, shoulder, uh, dislocated shoulder. He just, I couldn't believe 220 rush yards and four rushing touchdowns. And our fantasy league, Cooch, that would have been like 100 points. Mon- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, Coleman tore the, or dislocated the shoulder. Yeah, and it was he extremely he impressive. Good for, and Jimmy G threw how many times? Six times? Seven times? Yeah, they said he's 10 or something. Or they, six for eight. They said in the two games combined, he's thrown for like, he's only thrown the ball like 26 times or something. Insane. They said, or twenty. I think he's thrown the ball twenty-eight times in the two games combined, and they were. Someone was saying how it was funny because when McCown came in for uh, Wentz, he played two and a half quarters and threw the ball twenty-four times. Yeah. So they were saying that, and I guess Patrick Mahomes has more passing yards in one quarter than Jimmy G has in the two games combined. Well, and, you know what? It doesn't matter how you get it done as long as you get it done. And then right? that's exactly what people he's were not saying. Turning the ball over, and they're saying why don't break what's not fixed? I mean, don't. Fix what's if broken. It if it ain't, if it ain't broken, broke, yeah. But also think about this for I don't know if this is any if this will kind of put any thoughts into your mind about the Super Bowl. How many unseen tricks does Kyle Shanahan have up his sleeve? I mean, he's gonna pull out all well, his the best. Stops. His, the best how about, trick. How about the one where you fumble on like third and one or something? And I think the best allow, trick, uh, the best twenty-five point comeback. That was a good. Yeah, trick. I was gonna say yeah, the best trick Shanahan's ever had was giving up a twenty-eight to three lead. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he learned though. Yeah. You hope you, you hope he learned from his own mistakes. That's what makes a great leader is you learn from do your we, own uh, mistakes. So do we wanna give a pick on who we think will win or do we wanna save that for next weekend? Like kind of give we more still of a got Super time. Bowl. We still I, got time. Well, I think we should do a pick now and then, and then props. come back and say what do we has anything changed? Have we thought of anything that's changed? Or also we can throw in a couple of props next yeah. week because by next week we'll have some fun props probably. Like, All right, so seen. I got a prop for you. I'm gonna sit throw it out right now. Who wears red? They already announced it. I know. And who is it? I so really I'm don't know. Dupe you guys, uh, but people the, don't know. The uh, the Niners are go- like the the NFL is making a loophole, like a, an exception to a rule, so they can wear those old school white, you know, those sick white uniforms the Niners wear. Okay, they're making an exception because they normally don't let teams wear alternates in the Super Bowl. They make them wear either home or away. They're their normal they're jerseys. Wearing, said white white with gold pants. You wore the white tops, like the the. Are they wearing white with gold pants? I thought they were wearing the all whites. That I saw that today. Either They'd way, it's the, the retro. Either way, it's the retro uniforms. Well, I'll go. For, I mean, if I know the line I saw currently was, I don't know if it's changed, but I saw it yesterday was or on Monday was uh, Chiefs minus one and a half. And I mean, at that point, I would just take the Chiefs straight up. I don't need to have them win a game thirty to thirty-one and have me be like awesome. But uh, I, I'm gonna still go with the Chiefs. I mean, Mahomes, it just looks so good. I mean, they've got. The defense is playing a little better, and I think that, yeah, the Niners have that great defense, but I think Mahomes is just such a magician that he finds ways to get things done. And I just think it's, for me also, it's just about time for Andy Reid. I just feel like he's finally going to, this is the year he and, finally gets it. Yeah. And with me, with I think it's going to be kind of one of those things where it's like Shanahan's a great young coach. Garoppolo's a great young quarterback also, even though he's older than Mahomes. This is kind of a Rams-Patriots scenario from last yeah, year. And, but I just think... Uh, I don't know. I just think because the Chiefs defense has been playing so well the last eight weeks, they've said like they said it's been like a top ten defense pretty much. 
I just feel like Garoppolo, they'll have to, they'll make Garoppolo have to do something. And I just, when I close my eyes and like, like we said, when you close your eyes and you didn't see Lamar Jackson holding the trophy, when I close my eyes, I don't see Garoppolo leading the Niners back on like a game winning drive. I just see it being enough that Mahomes and Andy Reid celebrate and the Niners will still be very good next year. And uh, yeah, I just think this is uh, the Chiefs year. So I'll well, just for Andy Andy Reid's sake, um, because you know he already mentioned he had a cheeseburger after the NFC yeah. Championship game, AFC Championship game win. I feel like if he doesn't win this, he'll just have a coronary on the field and and die. <laughs> it's just it for him. Yep. And so uh, I'm picking the Chiefs just because I don't want to see Andy Reid die. It's nice. Of That's you. my take. So nice. Yeah, I think I think the Chiefs are all around a better team, even though. I don't think anyone can match that defensive line. That's the best unit on oh, yeah. these two teams. Chiefs got but, a pretty good offensive line, though. Yeah, I think that was a big difference that we that we missed was that the Chiefs had injuries on the offensive line all year long, and they, now they're healthy. Yeah, and you just saw they wiped away like there was no pressure, no pressure Mahomes, on which that is going to become become big for this game. Oh yeah, if the Niners can't get pressure on Mahomes, I I think like we could see like a well. How about his blowout. third down twenty seven yard touchdown run? That was yeah. ridiculous. Also, the other thing is is you look at that defensive line for. The Chiefs right now, like that Frank Clark guy, especially he's talking it, but he's he's backing it up. Yeah. I mean, Henry was contained that game, and if they're able to contain Henry, who is the hottest running back in the league, I think with the attack of Monster and then a Tevin Coleman, that even if Coleman plays, who's going to be, he says he should be good to play, still going to be banged up, and then I think that Monster guy, I don't think he goes out and runs all over the Chiefs no. like he did. No, he won't. And so they're going to have to have Garoppolo do something. I, other than outside of George Kittle, who's their tight end, I don't. I, those receivers well, still I mean, don't do Devo it for Samuels me. Devo I mean, Samuels is pretty dope. Emmanuel Sanders is pretty dope. Yeah, they are, but they're, they're still to me is not like – I don't know. I just no, think, you're I like, right. I like they, the speed of the Chiefs They should be too. better Yeah, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, but I think it's going to be a battle of the tight ends also. I think a good prop oh, bet would be the be. over in yards and early on, whatever it is. I mean, that's not one of those fun prop bets, but I would say Kittle and Kelsey – over in yards, because I think those two guys are going to be the big story the in that battle. game. It's going to be the battle for the uh, tight end legacy, because they're both they both seem to be like knockoff gronks. Yeah, that they're like we're fun and crazy guys, and also white tight ends, and it's just like kind of annoying. Like do your own thing. Like, like I know be original. Yeah, we we <laughs> like both those guys. I know we've talked. About I yeah for Kittle sure. No, I get what you're saying, but it does seem like they're both like so the, the torch has got to be passed at some point in time, though. You know, yeah, but. Do it your own way. Like it, <laughs> you know there's going to be something at this media week that they're both going to try to do a stunt because they're like, well, we want to be Gronk. But here's how you be Gronk. Win the game. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You're right. And part of me part of me would rather see – see, this is tough for me because part of me would rather see Andy Reid die than watch <laughs> Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend shout yeah. after they won the Super Bowl. I'm really struggling with this right now. So I'm still going to go with saving Andy Reid's life, but part of me it's wants honorable. to shut Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend up. So maybe next I mean, week I might change my mind. Yeah. He's going to be around for a while. So. I am going with no statistics, no analytics, nothing on this Super Bowl game. So it is, do I want to uh, see Andy Reid die or do I want to see Patrick Mahomes' so, girlfriend shut the fuck so up? So how would That's you, how would you feel, it. Cooch, then if Mahomes pulled a Carlos Correa <laughs> proposes after they win the championship? I'll never like him ever again. <laughs> I'll never like him. And I do really like the guy. 
I like Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. If I was I building, love, if now after that game, if I'm building this, if I'm building the team right now, and you can give me anybody, I'm probably taking Patrick Mahomes. I also love when PMT mimics his voice. <laughs> yeah, I, he is, sounds like he sounds. I can't do it. it sounds like yeah, Kermit the Frog. I can't now. even come close to thinking uh, about the it. The ketchup on the steak thing is unforgivable for me. I so what? You I know what? My aunt tell, does that. Tell the listeners. I haven't even heard that. He puts ketchup on everything. Oh, he does. Yeah, I thought. She, I thought the girlfriend puts ketchup on her steak. On, you know, I'm sure she does. Probably was with on a couple things, but um, what? Okay, but what about you guys? She you guys, choked on ketchup. <laughs> are you guys steak sauce type guys on your steak? Or uh, no, I'm steak, steak. Just a steak. Yeah, I go straight up. You know, I will say my aunt. Uh, second shout out for Tata in this podcast. <laughs> she eats. She is. She is like one of the best cooks I've ever met in my entire life. Italian. She, she is Italian. Yes, and uh, she is. She eats ketchup with on her steak. I will say that. But she's also like eats steak. Like she likes the bone. You know, she's one of those type of steak eaters. So I, it is unusual, and I'm not into it. I have a buddy. Uh, shout out Andy Palomaras. If you're listening right now, buddy. Uh, he eats ketchup on his pizza. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, right. Think about that. Andy, that. Think ex- about that. You weird <laughs> SOB. It should be illegal. Andy is horrifying over there. It reminds me of like... Andy almost fell out of his chair. I just want everybody to... It reminds me of like Mr. Deeds. Oh, peanut butter gumballs or whatever he <laughs> yeah. says. My favorite. <laughs> Oreos and gumballs, whatever he has. On oh, I am running for Congress. <laughs> I'm going to make it illegal. <laughs> to put ketchup on your pizza? Yeah. Andy for Congress. All right. Well, uh, any uh, last bits to add before we uh, wrap her up? I think that's going to cover it. Been a solid one. You guys have been listening to episode 154 of the Tony's Take podcast. I'm Sean. And joined with me, we had Cooch. Yes, sir. Off-road. No ketchup for me, Andy. Of course not. Tony Katz. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. See you later.